This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. On a gorgeous night. In the Delaware Valley, a good Saturday evening, everyone, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT along with J-Doc. I'm Krause as we come to you on a Saturday night and we welcome uh, you back in to Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. We're all presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries. And serious senators, as as Democratic Senator Bob Casey uh, joins the program to kick off Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Senator Casey, a good Saturday evening to you, sir. So great to be with you. Thank you so much. Oh, nice to have you, sir, and thanks for taking time uh, on a Saturday night. So, Senator, um, we appreciate you coming on the show. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk. You came out early, and in fact, actually before the selection was actually made on on President Trump's Supreme Court justice choice, can you articulate uh, for the uh, listeners your sentiments behind your decision to do so? Yeah, the the basic reason is this, this process to select the Supreme Court justice is rigged for the hard right. It's as simple as that. We've never seen in American history, certainly not in recent American history, where the only people who get to apply for that job are 25 judges were put on on the list during the presidential campaign Mm -hmm. and then added to that by the Federalist Society and the Heritage Foundation. Heritage Foundation is the most conservative organization in the country. It's anti-worker, anti-union. They've... they've Heritage calls unions cartels, okay? That's like calling them drug pushers. It's a, it's, this is the group that's picking the Supreme Court. And I know some union members say, oh, Donald Trump is for the worker. And, oh, he seems like he cares, about, he cares about workers. He has totally outsourced this decision to the hard right. This isn't about Republicans or conservatives. It's about the hard right backed by corporate America. And I'm not going to be part of it. I'm not going to be complicit in turning over the Supreme Court to the hard right. They already control the White House, the hard right does. They control the House, they control the Senate, and I'm just not going to be part of it. I'm not going to allow myself to be part of a process. Now, normally, what I usually do when it comes to the Supreme Court or where it comes to district court judges that Senator Toomey and I work together on, you sit down with the nominee, you ask them questions about their their record, their experience, their character, their their philosophy, and then you make a decision whether you can sp- support them or not. But this one is not that process. Do you think the AFL-CIO was, was in any way consulted when they picked these 25 names? So basically what we're talking about is there are only 25 people in the United States of America who can get on the Supreme Court. So if you're conservative, if you're a conservative Republican, you can't get on this list because you're not a hard right extreme Republican. And I'm not kidding about this. I'm serious about it. And I will vote against every one of those 25 if they come up 
not that they would, but if they had, if all 25 came up in the next four years, I'd vote against every last one of them because I will not be complicit in turning over the the entire Supreme Court, the most powerful court in the nation, to groups that are anti-worker, that want to decimate health care, and want to give away the store to big corporations. So some people say, oh, why don't you sit down with them and talk to them? Isn't that fair? No, it's not fair. He's hard right. He's on the list. He wouldn't be on the list if he wasn't hard right. I'm voting against him. And I don't care who's offended by that. It's wrong. It is wrong to do it this way. Ronald Reagan didn't do it this way. George Bush, father or son, didn't do it this way. This is wrong to give away the, the Supreme Court to some far-right ideologues who, who meet in Washington and tell the president, you can only pick from 25 names. So we're going to fight them on this, and we're going to beat them. You know, it's amazing that that, that there's such um, backlash here because uh, what I find amazing is that he had a short list ahead of time. And one of the thoughts, my thoughts was, you're taking criticism for coming out before his selection when he actually made his selection from a group of individuals that was selected beforehand. Exactly, exactly. And it was, you know, the reason I called it a corrupt bargain is because that's what it is. You know, people forget Donald Trump, when he was running as a candidate, was not considered hard right. He was considered someone who was kind of in the middle, and he was was talking about blue-collar workers and all that stuff. But what happened since he got elected, he he genuflexed to the hard right every day of the week. Why else would we have this hard right approach to health care? They want to get rid of Medicaid expansion, for example, that gave health care to 11 million people. We're all better off when 11 million people get health care, because guess what? If those 11 million don't have health care, we're paying for it. Everyone in, in the unions are paying for it. I'm paying for it. Every, everyone has health care pays for people who don't have health care. So when someone gets health care, we should be celebrating instead of saying they don't deserve it or they shouldn't get it. But he, So he went hard right on health care, hard right on the tax bill, Give me an example. You know the tax bill that they talked about? Is, oh, it's going to be for the middle class. I heard Republicans talk about that in Washington. This is going to be for the middle class. Guess what? The top 1% gets $58 billion this year. And over the life of the bill, over the next 10 years, the top 1% gets more than 80% of the benefits. This is not a middle class tax bill. It's a giveaway to big corporations and to wealthy people. It was obscene. It was something... Remember this talk about X-rated movies? Mm-hmm. That's, what that, that's what that tax bill was. It was an X-rated movie, except it was true. They gave away the store and that health care bill. And this Supreme Court will rule with corporations, just like Gorsuch did. And when I voted against Gorsuch because he was anti-worker and anti-union, I wanted to be wrong. I was hoping that Gorsuch would get on the court and be a moderate. Well, sure enough, Gorsuch has proven to be the hard right corporate judge that he is and it's not in the best interest of workers and i know that's sometimes hard to talk to the folks who are out there working every day and they've got they've got a lot of pressure on them to go to work every day and and feed a family and lead a middle-class life if they can get it they don't have time to spend reading everything and sometimes sometimes they they might think that these guys are really for them Look, I grew up in Pennsylvania in politics. I remember conservative Republicans who were pro-union, literally. Not just moderate, even some conservative Republicans. 
They'd be pro-labor, or they might be least pro-building trades, even if they fought with other unions. That's gone. You got two. You got two choices: the Democratic Party or the hard right Republicans. They don't believe in unions. The Janice case was the best example of that. I mean, Janice—they're just getting warmed up on Janice, or with Janice, because they they want to take all those labor cases. They want to take away the right to organize and bargain collectively. I'm not kidding about that. Oh, no, I know. I believe that with every fiber of my being. They want to take away the rights of, of workers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm going to fight them and fight them and fight them. I'm not going to talk to them or compromise with them. You have to defeat these people. Senator, we, that's we, what they believe. we've had union members, obviously, and we, and we had a, 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 our show, I guess, last week or the week before with Pat Eiding, and we talked about the Janus decision. And yeah. we all know that a lot of labor, especially rank-and-file members, crossed party lines and voted for Trump. Trump came out of yep. the box, started to talk about NAFTA, and as soon as he started yep. to talk about that, he got everybody's attention. Yep. One of the things, but that's the payback right there with the Janus decision. Uh, people yep. aren't thinking about the Supreme Court and, and, and the um, consequences of that. Uh, and, are, they thinking about, uh, are they thinking about it now, Senator? Are they, uh, is, the, is, is your voter, is, is, your, is your base, do they hear the message or can, can they see past the noise? No, I think part, part of the problem is my party, and I'll, I'll take some of the blame, but I think my party has been really bad at talking to workers for years, at least a decade, maybe more. And we created a vacuum where workers weren't hearing from us, and they heard from Trump. And Trump basically said, both parties are terrible. They're not helping you as a worker. I'm your salvation. I can help you. Because I, I know how to knock people's heads around in Washington. I'll help you. But the problem is, even though I agree with his team on renegotiating NAFTA, because I was against NAFTA when I was a state official when I had nothing to do with trade. I just said it's a bad it's a bad deal, and it was a Democratic president. So I've, I've been against the trade policies of three presidencies, four presidents, well, at least three presidencies now. President Clinton when he negotiated NAFTA, President Bush when he had several trade deals, and President Obama and TPP. How many of those so coal been, mines up in ha- upstate Pennsylvania have reopened like Trump promised those yeah. individuals during his election campaign? Not many. Not many. And, and look, I, I think it's good that he's put a, he someone puts someone like Lighthizer. You know, this is a guy who appointed a lot of bad people. Betsy DeVos, the education is terrible. She's hard right. She's there because she's a billionaire hard right. That's why she's there. Scott Pruitt just got bounced, but he, he hung around for six more months than he should have. He's a corrupt guy, and he got, he got bounced recently. So, so he appointed a lot of bad people, but I, I'll, I'll give him credit on one thing. This is breaking news. I'm going to give the president credit on appointing Robert Lighthizer as an ambassador on trade, the trade representative. That guy is pro-union, pro-worker, and he's trying to negotiate a good deal on that, renegotiate on NAFTA. I'm glad he's doing that. But on, on almost everything else, they've, they've done the hard right stuff and turned over the, the power to them. And I, I just think we have to try to stop it. But, but my party has to do a much better job of talking to, to folks who work every day. We got, and we paid a price for that. And that's one of the reasons why the president won. Our party's going to do a much better job talking to workers. And that's why your, your guys, um, put it, getting the message out on this show is very valuable. 
Senator Bob Casey joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor uh, here on a Saturday night uh, in the Delaware Valley. Um, Senator Casey, thank you very much uh, for coming on the uh, program uh, tonight. Uh, The megaphone is here uh, for you every Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you, sir. Guys, thanks so much. Thanks for helping build the middle class. We've got to keep it. Thank you, Senator. All right, good stuff from uh, Democratic Senator Bob Casey joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We'll get to our uh, first commercial break. Big show uh, on the uh, on the agenda. Uh, tough to follow, uh, Senator Bob Casey. Uh, we'll try and do it when we come back. Special thanks to Democratic Senator Bob Casey for kicking off uh, the big show. Don't forget, coming up at 8 o'clock, Dan Loney will be along. He'll take you into the night uh, from 8 to 11. Uh, word on the street is Dan's going to address all of the flopping that's going on at the World Cup. <laughs> so maybe perhaps we'll get an opportunity uh, to address that. Uh, and a lot more Dan Loney taking you into the night, 8 to 11, right here. On Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So I'm, I'm happy to bring into the program uh, Wendell Young, president of United Food and Commercial Workers Local 1776. Wendell, how are you? Thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, You're following Democratic Senator Bob Casey, Wendell. you got a big act to follow, man. But if anybody can do it, I said to Jay Doc in the break, you can do it. You can deliver. Nah, nah Bob's the top, top one of the hour here. You can't beat that. Well, we got we got a, a heck of a lineup, and and uh, one of the things we, that we wanted to talk to you about primarily is the Janus decision. Um, obviously, wanted to know your reaction, the Im- impact on unions. How do we fight back? What are your thoughts? Well, obviously, I'm I'm very disappointed, like everyone in the labor movement, about it. You know, this has never really been about free speech uh, or many of the things we hear from the conservative right and the Koch brothers who funded this whole effort over many years. This is about defunding uh, unions so that they cannot be as effective for their members. That's all it's about. And it's terribly unfair. I think a lot of our listeners understand it. You know, the bottom line is we were just set back several decades, uh, half a century. Um, You know, unions are now for public sector employers, employees, going to be required to represent those pe- people, whether they pay or not, and they're going to receive all the benefits that the union negotiates at the bargaining table. And if they get um, into a situation where whether it's a discharge, a termination, a suspension, or they're not getting a promotion, anything at all, any call, any call, we have to, under the law, do everything for them just as as ambitiously as we do for those who pay. This is just about for those individuals who choose not to be members, being free riders and taking advantage of the system, and for um, those who push this initiative, defunding unions so that workers can be pushed down even further in terms of the quality of life. Now, I want to give you a a little something. In the the past couple weeks since this happened, you know, I run into people, people from outside the labor movement, people that own businesses or work for businesses, say to me, hey, what's this mean for you? And I tell them, what we just talked about, and they say, that sounds really unfair. Like, you mean you guys still have to work for them? You still have to go to bat for them? You still have to go and bargain contracts for them? Yeah, that's what the Supreme Court says we have to do. Um, So it's very unfair. It's not about the talking points, the right, the conservative rights uh, pushing. And there are going to be some union members who, just to save some bucks, are going to decide not to be members uh, when that time comes. And and they're allowed to do that, and they're going to uh, take a free ride. 
it's uncalled for divisiveness. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And let's let's do this though. Let's start a campaign. Let's start with Senator Scott Wagner here in PA. Sure. All right, because the people who live in communities all across Pennsylvania that pay forced trash hauling fees to his company because their municipalities chose them. Those people didn't choose him. And I'm pretty sure that he has a lobbying firm that works for him in Harrisburg. And I'm pretty sure he uses some of that firm's money for lobbying and legislation that benefits the industry that he operates, not as consumers, his industry. And that, I think, violates those people's free speech in some cases. So they should stop paying Scott Wagner's trash hauling company, and they should go into court and say, you know what? I want him to pick up the trash anyway, because I disagree with that son of a bitch. And, but I shouldn't have to have my money used against me. And we should do it with insurance companies. Most non-union employees, they don't pick the insurance company, whether it's Aetna or United or anybody else. So let's stop paying those co-payments on that that some employer picked, because they have legislative and lobbying firms, too. And, and they probably aren't acting in the best interest of those uh, consumers. And they should still get their health care, right? Let's clog the courts up with cases like that and use the same decision on free speech and apply it to everybody else equally who's in the same position and see who's doing the howl and then. Wendell Young, president of UFCW 1776, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Laborers. We come to you uh, on a Saturday night. Um, Wendell, how hard is it if you're a union member today to see the future, to see the end? How challenging does that Janus decision now make it uh, for you, just as an individual, on an individual level? Well, I, 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 I think it's going to depend on who the employer is. Remember, Janus affects public sector. So with a governor like Wolf, um, I think people have a lot of confidence that he's not going to um, um, act like, say, Corbett did or others did in the past. But, you know, you get a guy like Scott Wagner in office and teachers, AFSCME workers, the people who take care of our highways, the people who look out for forest fires, the people that, that work in the state forest and, and on the state roads, the people who pick up your trash, the people who... Uh, our social workers, everybody, the people who plow our snow, uh, they're going to be under the heel. And, and a guy like Scott Wagner as governor with the Republican legislature will set people back decades in quality of life and standards. He'll probably privatize a lot of things, and a lot of people lose their jobs, and negotiations will be very difficult. Uh, forget about, you know, even if you do get wage increases, you're going to lose more in pension. You're going to lose more in health care. You're going to lose more by working more for less pay or the same, same pay, more hours. And they're the kind of things that they want to see uh, because they have a warped idea that they think public sector workers are just fat and lazy and don't deserve what they get. So they're going to try and take all that away. And, in, and, and if union members, public sector union members fall for the, oh, I can save a few bucks right now by not paying my union dues, that's going to weaken their union's ability to elect good candidates and negotiate good contracts. Uh, and, and that's going to hurt everybody. You know, on, on, on the, the, the week of the, the Janus decision, so we, we did the, it, with Pat, it was Pat uh, Eiding's monthly uh, program, his President's Hour, and there was, you know, obviously it was a you know, passionate show. We also talked about labor banding together 
uh, you know, they think they're going to knock us down. They think that this is going to break us up. Um, and and in Pat's uh, sentiment, and, and with internal, a lot of unions prepared for this. Um, you and I talked just yesterday about, uh, and, and we actually talked about it with um, with with the senator at the at the top of the hour. Um, this is in some cases, and, and it is the direct, um, a direct, I think, uh, relation to individuals crossing party lines and voting for Donald Trump. They liked his message. He knew what to, to say to people. But you got to understand what's actually happening. If you're a union member and, and, and you look at somebody like Donald Trump, you got to think of the Supreme Court decision and choice he's going to make. Yeah, it's. It, I agree with you completely, and and it, you're right about what you were said at the beginning of that statement. The there has been a lot of work to help inform and educate people, and I, I have to. I've talked to so many of our own members. I know, AFSCME, the same in SCIU, who, you know, they're very concerned about this because they're worried about those few people that try and save a few bucks and how it'll weaken the unions. But for the most part, people get it. Um, you know, there is no rush for the door to stop paying dues, things like that. And uh, and quite a few people are 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 reinforcing that by re-signing with the union to make a statement that um, you know they're sticking with the union because they know even though we have a good governor right now, you know we have some challenges with our legislature who's who's more conservative than we like and and who knows what will happen whether it's now four years from now eight years from now and with this new Supreme Court pick, you know we really have to brace ourselves for what might come um, in the future and. And the best way to do that is, is people to invest in themselves by investing in their jobs and investing in getting more people registered, get more people out to vote, negotiating good, strong contracts so they have better terms for themselves and their families. And that's how it's going to affect individuals. I think we have a chance to make this backfire. But in the meantime, it's going to be used to try and divide us. You know, the Koch brothers put aside, I heard, something like $10 um, um, million dollars just for the rest of this year to try and uh, convince people to withdraw from the union, stop paying dues. So we have to now spend money fighting that. And that's money better spent in trying to lift people up. You know, unions, Democratic Party is about lifting people up. Um, the other side, it's about tearing people down, tearing standards down, so they can continue to pass those tax breaks for themselves and line their own pockets. So we have to fight that. We have to fight that every day. And, and I find it, what I found really amazing was they had an organized campaign that started the day afterwards to try to have individuals strategically placed on, you know, and, and work in the internet to show people how to, how to here's, get, and here's, and get out of their union. And here's what I don't understand. If I'm getting all of the benefits, who's going to negotiate for you if you don't have a union that are, that have been negotiated by the union and all of those benefits put me as an employee in a better space, they provide better uh, health care. They provide perhaps a pension. They provide all of the things that the union is through collective for, bargaining. Through collective bargaining, why would I don't understand why I would want to not be part of that? I, I struggle. I've been struggling with that for four years. And, and before and Wendell answers, I'd like to ask him, Wendell, these individuals that don't want to, um, you know, pay their union dues, even though they're getting the benefits of collective bargaining. Why and this is my, my this is what I I'd love to do it. Why wouldn't they sign a, a, an affidavit that says not only do I not want to pay, I refuse to accept 
the benefits of the union. And furthermore, I want to negotiate my own contract, my own my own financial contract and my own my my own pay, my own benefits on an individual basis. I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you think the chances of that are? Well, I, 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 it's not going to happen. Um, of course. You know, the employers aren't going to recognize them. The law doesn't provide for that. You have to be a certified collective bargaining representative, and they're not certified to do that. Uh, there's a process they'd have to go through, and the current law doesn't provide for that for individuals to do that. Um, having said that, you said, why would they do this? First, I love your idea. We might actually develop that form just to rub it in our face. Let's well, do it. Would you like to wave out of all this and list sure. all the things? I like that idea. We're going to take that and run with that. Okay. But, but here's the thing. 10% of everybody is against everybody and everything all the time. The 10 percenters are so, so contrarian, so against everything. They're against their own mothers for having given birth to them. And <laughs> some people like that you just can't talk to. Um, and they will hide behind words like, well, my philosophy or my religion, my free speech. You know, that's a BS excuse for saying, I'm going to take advantage of the system while my coworkers pay for it. I'm going to ride for free and I'm going to collect all the same stuff and screw you. And, uh, and I hope, I, I think it's going to lead to, to, um, uh, peer pressure in, in some workplaces and divisiveness. And that's not healthy. That's not a healthy work environment. It's not good. But uh, you know what? I'm very proud. The number one majority of union members, ours, AFSCME, others, SEIU, um, aren't going to do that. That they recognize the value. They recognize the need to continue to fight against these forces. Um, but we're going to be busy spending time and energy and resources to go after those ridiculous 10 percenters. The free, the free riders, the freeloaders. Yes. Uh, Wendell, yeah. we want to thank you so much, obviously, for joining us. Uh, awesome segment, and, and uh, can't wait to, to, to get you back on after you create that form. Uh, absolutely look forward <laughs> to seeing you. Good it. idea. Yeah, good stuff. Thank That's, you. Uh, Wendell Young, president, UFCW 1776. Uh, we've got to get to a break, but before we do, uh, uh, can I bring Pat in real quick? Let's bring Pat in uh, real quick. He's been holding on. Uh, Pat, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a minute. Uh, welcome into Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Uh Thanks for holding on. Uh, welcome no, in, sir. No problem. My pleasure. Number one, I guess I'm I'm a ten percenter. I was involved. I was a union member in the federal government. I was a union member at Philadelphia International Airport. The best day of both my, uh, of both jobs was the day I got out of the union. I was forced into the union in both jobs. And uh, tell you what, you know, we're ten percenters. I don't work hard. I couldn't. I negotiated my own contract. I negotiated uh, a, a good salary and good benefits for myself. I also did no longer had, uh, you know, what do you call it? I still had to watch over in both jobs. I was, uh, you know, especially at the, at the airport and, for, and working for the IRS. People who n- didn't do their job and couldn't do their job and were unable to perform, but because the union, well, uh, their union, you can't hear put them in a slack position where they didn't have to do anything. Well, I busted my stump, breaking my hump every day, working very hard, and, you know, and had to pay. And because I was a good worker and I showed up on time, sober and everything else, that I turned around and I had to, uh, you know, what do you call it? 
uh, the union didn't have to do nothing for me, but yet I still had to pay pay for them until I got in supervisory positions where I could step out. Pat, thanks for checking in on here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We'll comment on Pat's sure. uh, conversation uh, after the break, so stay there, uh, Pat. If you're in a union, you're getting the benefits that the collective bargaining agreement has negotiated, right or wrong. So whether the individual next to you in the cubicle is working hard or not has nothing to do with you. You're getting the benefit of what has been negotiated if you're if you're in a union. We'll go to a break and come back. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Again, special thanks to Senator Bob Casey. Special thanks to Wendell Young. And special thanks to that 10 percenter Pat up in Ben Salem. Uh, we didn't cut him off. Uh, I know you wanted to address that, sure. J-Doc. Uh, we want all 10 percenters right. every Saturday night to call the show. Absolutely. I mean, we appreciate Pat's call. And, and like you said before, the, we, we got him in right before the break. I wish we could have kept him on. Um, listen. Um, you know, the union is is not been created so individuals can lay down and take advantage of of uh, what the union provides. You're going to have good eggs and bad eggs, and so to Pat's point. Um, maybe there was a couple individuals there, or he was working with individuals that were taking it, you know, the the, the other way and taking uh, the the union's benefits for granted. But let's put it like you said, Joe, that you know, benefiting from collective bargaining, working standards, working conditions. Um, Pat was no question about it, and you know, benefiting from the standards that the union created in one way or the other. All right, good stuff. And again, Pat, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for calling. State Rep. Mike Driscoll, the 173rd uh, House District here in Philadelphia, uh, joins us. Uh, we move uh, from one star to another star, and we welcome him into the program. How are you, sir? Hi, guys. Great to be here. I, I, I wouldn't uh, reference me as a star. You had uh, Wendell Young and and Senator Casey, who uh, I just can't tell you, their their body of work is uh, unprecedented. Nah, and, I was uh, I was talking about J Doc there, Mike. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you, listen, Mike's oh, being Johnny Doc. Yeah, listen, he's my hero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 Mike's being, you know, he, he you know, I mean, come on. Uh, being generous there, Mike has impacted our community like there's no tomorrow. And first, first off, Mike, I want to uh, congratulate and congratulate you and your and your associates on bringing in a, a budget uh, on time. You got the whole summer uh, to uh, prepare for uh, the next session. Um, what was the the difference um, this year where, where you were able to all get on the same page and and bring it home on time? Well, I, th- I think a little of it was a carryover from last year, so. Um, this is the first time in 17 years that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has, has, uh, has both bought a revenue package and a spending package um, passed before June 30th. And, you know, constitutionally, by law, we're required to do that. Unfortunately, you know, and, and I'm not blaming either side on this because I think, you know, there's blame to go around. Uh, people are passionate about their issues. And we we weren't over the years ready to sign off on a budget that didn't fund education, you know, that didn't uh, put money into attracting new businesses to Pennsylvania, and and for me in particular, we want to make sure that uh, Philadelphia gets its fair share. You know, every, every my colleagues across the state are always like, "Oh, Philly gets this, Philly gets that." Well, guess what? We don't get proportionately back the dollars that we give to the rest of the Commonwealth. And so we get that we're the engine that drives the Commonwealth, but we don't get the respect for what we put into that global budget. And so 
my colleagues and I last year, the year before, were not about to settle for a budget that that wasn't fair to Philadelphia. And I can tell you this year it was. So it was an easy vote for me and, and my colleagues. And it was nice to get out of there because uh, I've been working on the 4th of July for the last four years. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Usually, you know, this time of year, you know, we're, we're going back and forth. It's about the budget. There's all kinds of issues. And it was very low drama coming from Harrisburg on June 30th. It was almost like um, a, a, an anticlimax, but in a good way. Absolutely in a good way. And, and But we have to be careful because, you know, we're going into the fall here. There's still some bad things on, on, the, uh, on the docket that, um, that you know, some folks that want to reduce the, uh, the, the influence in the middle class and uh, we got to make sure that there's no bad votes being put up uh, because they they want to uh, have a redistricting plan. And I'm saying the Republicans in particular here, mm-hmm. uh, and I get along with I mean, I've passed legislation with Republicans, but their leadership has this plan to reduce the uh, influence of the Democratic Party in the Pennsylvania legislature. And I can tell you, we're we're, we're not going to sit down and let that happen. No way, no how. Now, Mike, um, we have an important election coming up, and um, you heard uh, Senator Casey at the top of the hour, and um, certainly, you know, he's in the middle of a of a fight, uh, and of course, Governor Wolf, uh, you know, in 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 uh, his situation with Scott Wagner, um, tell us what's on the line there. Well, let me let, let me take you back two years, so. Uh, I gave remarks to the Boilermakers Union uh, up in Bucks County about three weeks before the general election of 2016. Um, probably at that point, three weeks out, people thought that the Democrats were going to win the national election. And, you know, I guess collective bargaining and, and things that, you know, the we in the labor movement care deeply about. But I can tell you that three weeks before that election, on a Friday night, when I was giving my remarks, I had a sense in that room mm-hmm. that not everybody was voting Democrat, that they were, they were leaning towards Republican. I'm not saying a large majority, but I'm saying a good no, no, it's, 40%. Absolutely, that happened. <laughs> but I felt it. I felt it before the election, and I tried to articulate that collective bargaining and workers' rights were in jeopardy. And perhaps I didn't resonate well enough because you saw what happened, and we now know what we're facing. And I can tell you, in 2018, when I will be giving speeches in all four corners of the Commonwealth, and my message will be very clear. This is serious. We need Governor Wolf to win this. We need Senator Casey to go back to the United States Senate to fight for Pennsylvania, to fight for workers, to fight for the middle class, because this ain't no joke. There's those that are out there that are, at, that are for the corporations and those that are not. And that's what's at stake in Pennsylvania in 2018. And I take it very seriously. And I, I hope, you know, the labor movement continues to do the great work that they do uh, because Without them representing the working person and the middle class, you know, and I, listen, I'm a, I'm a product of the middle class. I grew up in the Oxford Circle, you know, two hardworking parents sent us to a Catholic school and, and to college. But 
we didn't go on many vacations. They were working and working and working. And uh, the divide now between the, those that have and those that have not is pretty wide. Mike, it sounds like the message this time will have some urgency and some reality to back up the urgency. Yes? Well, I hope we, le- we learned a lesson from 2016 because it, this ain't no joke. This well, is a, this, the middle class is under siege. Well, I'll tell you this, Mike, with the Janus decision, and, and let me just say this, um, it was in union halls across the land. We talk about it on the labor show a lot, especially after the election. It was no secret that a lot of rank, a lot of our rank and file union members um, were listening to Trump's message. He spoke to them. He knew the lingo. We went, you know, and no question about it. Um, and they jumped, you know, they crossed party lines. Of course, you saw what happened with the Janus court last, the Janus decision. You see the, the, the consequences with the with the Supreme Court. And now, um, you know, with, with, what's going on uh, with, with the, the attacks on collective bargaining. Um, one thing that a lot of union members, and we scream at the, you know, from the hills on the, on the show, have to understand that. It's not just what's coming out of his mouth. It's what's going on with the Supreme Courts. And so no question about it, um, they, you know, they have to understand and, and, and see the process. And now we're looking at the consequences. And, and you see how serious they are. Oh, no question about it. Mike Driscoll joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Michael, I hope you can stay with us. we got to get to a short break. I hope you can stay there. Um, I'll be here. Okay, good stuff. We'll take our final commercial break at the big show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. We're here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano, fueled by our good friends at the Sinesta Hotel and Driven J-Doc by Chapman Ford. So we'll continue our conversation with Mike Driscoll. Um, and Mike, uh, talk about your new prompt pay law that was recently signed by uh, Governor Wolf. Um, I'm very proud of it. It, it's the, uh, it helps the subcontractors all across the Commonwealth. Um, so m- most general contractors are good uh, businessmen and women, and they try and do the right thing. But there's a small percentage that tries to use the money on one job to start another job at the expense of the, of the subcontractor. Sure. And so, you know, a lot of these subcontractors don't have big lawyers and the big contractors give them, you know, an inch thick contract and says, yeah, you got the job, but sign this. Well, of course they sign it. Um, and what happens is it kind of takes away some of their rights so that if they haven't been paid in X amount of time, um, they were not allowed to leave the job without litigation, penalties, all sorts of things. And what was happening was, you know, say at the three-month mark, and, you, and you're a good small contractor, you've done your work, you know, good quality work, you, you've paid for your materials, you've paid for your employees, you've paid for your overhead, and you're still not getting paid. Um, you were not allowed to walk off the job. And I say walk off the job after you've already notified them the suspension of work. This law now gives the subcontractor, the small guy, the small girl, uh, the rights to do that with proper notification so that they don't go under. Cause sure. I've been seeing, you know, in my district and some of my colleagues' uh, districts all across, you know, our Commonwealth, 
the little guy was going under through no fault of their own, and we felt uh, that they needed to be protected. Sure, Mike. That is that is a, a, it's unbelievable. I mean, what a great what a great law because how many subcontractors um, go out of business because general contractors just don't pay them after they already, like you said, put out uh, you know the costs for the materials and for the labor. And, and is that the normal process? Is it the normal process, the ebb and flow of that? Is that how it works? On, on union day? jobs, on a union job, if you if you don't have a relate, you're a subcontractor and you don't have a relationship with that general contractor, you're taking a shot often uh, that, that you know that that individual is going to pay because you're laying out the money up front. And with Mike's new legislation, that protects the the, the subcontractor. I mean, how many people go out of go out of business, Mike, when they when when they when they don't get paid? Um, they they could lose their home for crying out loud. Well, well, they not only if they you know not only a lot of them were going out of business, but so whatever small profit they were making on the job, they were having to pay because they were borrowing money from their financial institutions. So they were, and you don't factor, you know, a long delay into your uh, financing. So they, they have to pay the bank or the credit union. And so they, they were being hurt. And I, I, I have to say this, um, I would not have got this legislation passed if it wasn't in a bipartisan way. Sure. It, I, a representative from Delaware County by, by the name of Jamie Santura, he's a Republican, and he saw this, as I did, as not only um, a small business bill, uh, but a bill that was not only for our district, but for the entire Commonwealth. So he jumped on as my co-sponsor, and so when he brought the Republicans and I brought the Democrats together, and we explained to everybody that... This isn't a labor bill, although labor will benefit from this greatly. Sure. That this was a small business bill. We, we got it unanimously passed out of the Finance Committee, or the Commerce Committee, and uh, a healthy margin in the House, a healthy margin in the Senate. And less than a month ago, on June 12th, um, our governor, Governor Wolf, was proud to, to sign with Jamie and I, uh, and it's now Act 27. And our small contractors, I think, have a, a, a little leverage now when the big guys are trying to. And it's, believe me, there's not that many bad big guys, but those big guys that were trying to take advantage of them no longer have that ability. I mean, and and let's you know, Pat Iding says all the time, not everybody has the opportunity to have a collective bargaining agreement. Most of our America's run on small business. Sixty percent of our workforce works for small business. So if we can keep our small businesses and our contractors who employ individuals healthy. Of course, that works for the the, the, the small business and it works for the employees. It's a win win. Absolutely, Mike. Um, want to want to thank you so much for obviously that's an incredible bill, and it's and it's a long time coming that that somebody stood up for the the, the 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 subcontractors who are really you know laying it out there, and 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 they're at, you know it's certainly at the mercy of the of the general contractors. So uh, fantastic, and uh, Michael, an open invitation uh, as you make your rounds in the early fall leading up to the midterms. An open invitation to convey the sense of urgency um, as you begin uh, to uh, cover um, those conversations and perhaps force a different outcome than we had in 16. 
Well, Joe, I appreciate that. And listen, we have a plan. My colleagues and I really have a plan that puts people first in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I know everybody's distracted, not as much as you, I, and Joe are, where we kind of live and breathe this stuff. Most people are on vacations and won't concentrate on this until after Labor Day. But be assured that we're going to be a loud voice from Labor Day until Election Day. And we're going to get our message that the middle class and collective bargaining are at risk and, you know, wake up. Absolutely. Well said, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for all the good work you guys do. And a big fan, big fan of John Doherty and Councilman Heenan. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Michael. That's good stuff from State Rep Mike Driscoll joining us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor uh, on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, Take a breath, J-Doc. Oh, yeah, Uh, Action-packed, good show here on a Saturday night. Special thanks to all of our uh, listeners who were part uh, of the program. Before uh, we sign off, J-Doc, and uh, I do the official uh, closing of the program, uh, give you a chance to... um, Pick an area, pick a topic, or, um, or or pick a thought and give me your final thoughts on the broadcast tonight or, or just on a message uh, that was delivered here tonight during the show. Well, I mean, you know, I, I want to, of course, uh, you know, thank the senator uh, for coming on and talking about a lot of things that affect Americans every day. Um, and, you know, when, you know, really the underlying message is, is, is for the voter. And we talk about it uh, all the time when you're talking about, you know, what what is important to you. And John Doherty says it, uh, you know, if you listen to the show, you listen to the, uh, the, the, the clips that we have there, you know, the, there's social issues and then there's issues that affect our work lives. And when you're voting, you know, and you're talking about president um, and, and, you're talk, and, and, and the Supreme Court's a big part of what's going on right now, um, you know, you're, 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 you got to vote for the issues that are important to you. We didn't even talk about uh, women's rights and, and, and those things that are on the line with the Supreme Court pick coming up. But, and then we're a labor show, so we talk about things that affect our workers. But let me just tell you this. These, these, right now with Donald Trump, his choices are going to affect the working class, the middle class, and of course our labor unions. Keep that in mind when you go into the voting booth. All right, all good stuff. Well done. Again, special thanks uh, to everybody. Uh, for being a part of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. One quick programming reminder, tune in tomorrow night, Sunday, 6 p.m., Legal Eagles with Sam Pond, uh, now here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Should be a good show tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night at 6 p.m. That's going to bring our show to a close uh, here uh, on a Saturday night. We thank Glenn for getting everything done behind the glass. Thank you, Glenn. On behalf of all of our listening audience, on behalf of the 10 percenters, on behalf of Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.